just hanging out with my friends. I'm just hanging out with my friends. Hey, hey, are you tuned in to the show tonight? Yeah, yeah, you gotta be tuned in to the show. We're the Crimson Ghosts, or at least an approximation of them. And we're here to tell you that we're going to start a show. Yeah. So, Jeff, what's on the menu tonight for the show? Oh, well, I'm uh, I'm glad you asked uh, Mr. Uh, Skullface, who looks awfully a lot alike the Crimson Ghost, but is not actually the Crimson Ghost, but uh, something else. Um, we are actually talking about the Crimson Ghost. Oh, is that so? I love the Crimson Ghost. Yeah, big fan. Big fan. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that, guys. Uh, welcome to tonight's show. We are discussing the Crimson Ghost. That is the plan tonight. Okay? Thank you, Eric. Eric just recently found the channel and loves it. Lynn, hello. How are you? Welcome to tonight's show. These are my two friends. Uh... This is the Bone Daddy, and this is, uh, <laughs> I'm so bad at this. I'm so bad at this. What's up, hot tub Rob? I hope you're sitting in a hot tub for this one. You're going you're gonna to need a good long soak. We got a good show for you guys tonight. Tonight, we are streaming Evil Live. We got our friends in the house right here. I should have come up with more creative names for them. These are um, the ingenious designs by the Wolfman himself from House of Wolfman. I don't, you can't get these anymore, I don't believe, but he makes stuff like them. These are, um, these are skeleton men, generic skeleton men. That's what they are. Wow. Hot Tub Rob is actually in the hot tub right now. That's perfect. That is perfect. Um, before we start the show, I just want to, you know, I was like naming people off in the last episode we did, and I was trying to like hit as many names, and I felt really bad because I felt like I really left out like, you know, people that should have gotten shout outs. Everybody deserves a shout out, but one person and and so des so so important was this to me that I actually wrote it down. I wrote it down right here. I wrote down neon. You can't see it. Neon Knees, shout out to Neon Knees in New Zealand, who has been an ardent supporter of the channel, who watches all the shows. He always leaves comments. He's got a great band. I forget the name of it, but if you, in one of the episodes, we highlighted the band, check out the band. He's got a great band. Um, and um, yeah, I just wanted to shout that dude out. And frankly, we should really shout out Mr. Kevin 45, although I knew Kevin before I started the channel. I was really just shouting out people who I met through the YouTube. I knew Kevin. I've known Kevin for years. So Kevin doesn't count technically, technically. Big shout out to Kevin, actually, because Kevin is hosting um, Bishop, whatever. He's hosting the main Guar guy who took over for Dave Brocky on the Guar pod on the Von Spur network. And I got to tell you, that is a big get. That would be like that would be like interviewing Doyle or Jerry only, I think, on this channel. That's how big that is. So big congratulations to Kevin. Wait a minute. Wait, Kevin, I got it. I got it. Let's do the uh hey, check this out. Let's let's do this. How about some? Yeah. 
Yeah, boy. Oh, more cheer. Yeah, it's Mike Bishop. Mike Bishop was the OG bassist and current lead singer. That's cool. A uh, couple of quick housekeeping items as we uh, get uh, get the, the gear spinning here. Um, the final episode of the, or the final uh, part of the Erie Vaughn interview uh, will be going up next month. If you are a YouTube member or a Patreon member, you have that, that final piece already. Also, um, a, a new secret show dropped two days ago. If you're a Patreon, check that out. Going to be recording another secret show very, very soon. And keep your eyes peeled for that John, the first part of the John Christ uh, conversation that I had with a good friend to the channel, uh, Mr. Ace Von Johnson, um, who, who is an awesome, another awesome dude who I met through this channel. So friggin', it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Where is the John Christ episode? So here's the thing about the John Christ episode. I got to mix. I got to mix the, the I got to uh, sweeten the audio a little bit. I got to do a couple of things to it before I just post it. I don't want to just drop it raw. Um, I, I want to uh, do a little intro and the whole thing. And I just have not had time. It's been very, very, very busy. A very, very, very busy time. Room Org is in the house. So we're doing the classic. Since Room Org is here, now that Room Org has showed up, let's do the proper inter uh, intro. This is for Mr. Room Org, uh, who, who appreciates this intro. Ready? Activate. Jeff is gonna talk about the misfits right now. He's a nerd about this stuff, obsessed anyhow. Jeff never shuts his face, always needs to talk. My eyes show some weight if he went out for a walk. Do you think that he cares? He doesn't care. He's not in the ranch. <laughs> hey amy what's going on amy's in the house uh <laughs> aaron's here jake is here everybody's here everybody's here all right so to, to dive into the show, uh, you know, we talk about the Crimson Ghost. We've talked about the Crimson Ghost a lot here. It, the Crimson Ghost is a very common sort of thing. Like, why are we dedicating the whole episode to the Crimson Ghost? Because we haven't. Because we haven't. And not only that, um, you know, any excuse, to some little tidbit, little morsel comes rolling rolling through uh my pathway i'm like ooh, we could turn a show we could we could do a show about that and so i have uh i've sort of cobbled together uh a, a whole show around uh this little tidbit and um and yeah we're gonna dive right into it so let us begin let's just do it let's just do it to it and let's make sure that hey this is kind of like we're gonna kind of do lecture style i'm gonna do this like like talk and then we will go to the comments. Okay. So I am not, I'm okay. We're, we're, we're putting the comments down for a minute. We're doing the, the, the show aspect, unless there's something really that really good that pops out. And then we will go to comments and, and, and do 
um, comment time. We should really get a but. We need a new section. I need to do a new video. Comment time. Comment time. It's comment time. It's time to read the comments. Something like that. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay. Crimson Ghost. So the Crimson Ghost is actually, so it's this, um, it's from 1946. It was put out by uh, Republic Pictures and it was a serial. And, you know, back in the day, much like we have now with like Marvel movie franchises and DC franchises and franchises out the wazoo, used to have serials. And serials were uh, sort of like episodic, segmented, uh, ongoing. They weren't, they weren't television shows per se, and they weren't full features. They generally, I think they would even play before feature length films. What you would do is much like a, a Three Stooges two reeler, you would have um, a, a short subject matter playing before the main picture. So it added sort of value to the showtime that you're going to see. And, you know, sometimes that would be like newsreel footage. That's how people, when they would learn about like what's going on in World War II, where you get your news, you didn't get it from Twitter, you didn't get it from YouTube, you went to the movies and you watched the, the newsreels. And that, and we see that all the time in movies and pop culture. The news on the march. Uh, our, our boys in blue are blah, 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 blah. You know, the whole thing and like Patriot buy war bonds. And, you know, they have cartoons and, and Bugs Bunny and, you know, Disney and yada, yada, yada. And so one of those, one of these sort of short form formats was the serial, right? And um, of, of that serial, and there were serials of all kinds. In fact, Indiana Jones is sort of like based on a serial. They're kind of like, you know what they are? They're like, they're like, they're like chapter plays. Okay. But done in like a film sort of format. And so they're short subject, but they're, they're episodic and they always leave you on a cliffhanger. That's a very key element to the serial. You're left on a cliffhanger. Basically, basically, uh, uh, you know, the fran franchise films we now get like two hour serials like the latest marvel film has like some end scene and it's like a cliffhanger into the next into the next sort of thing what's up lizzie graves shout out to lizzie graves how you doing um so so basically so that's kind of like what the the crimson ghost was uh and it had it had 12 12 chapters and i think that that was like there was no set amount for chapters like it could be 12 it could be 10 you know somewhere in that range right and um you know eventually this content was repurposed in a variety of ways so in the it came out in the 40s and it played you know it was a 12 12 chapters um and then in the 50s it got sort of re recut it was repurposed right it was basically re-edited into a television series but they went from 12 episodes to six episodes and then even further in the 60s, they were like, they kept shortening things out. In the 60s, they cut it down from six episodes into a sort of like singular television film, like a TV movie. And that was known as Cyclotrode X. So it went through these three different phases, 12 chapters to six chapters to one film, right? And... um. <clears throat> The, the Crimson Ghost in the movie, the or in the series, the Crimson Ghost, he's a he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy, and he wants to steal this device that's called the Cyclotrode X. And basically, the 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 device 
is used to repel atomic bomb attacks. And, you know, it's capable of, you know, taking down um, or, you know, t- uh, disabling uh, electrical devices. And, you know, that had a, this inventor guy uh, who's a he's a professor. He he demonstrates, you know, in the opening in the opening segment or whatever, he shows us this power and how what it can do to, you know, like a model airplane. And and we see how, you know, the stakes of the Cyclotrode X and then um, eventually uh, two of the Crimson Ghost, he has he has henchmen and they try to steal the Cyclotrode X. But the professor uh, ends up just destroying it to prevent them to prevent them from stealing it. And then there's this criminologist. He gets involved, you know, and uh, eventually the professor, he finds himself in the mansion hideout of the ghost, the Crimson Ghost. And um, he's given this collar that um, will basically com- compel him to do the bidding of like the Crimson Ghost, right? And then um, the the Crimson Ghost, he's like, he has him, you know, uh, getting a second. There's a second cyclotrode. Um, and, you know, it goes on and on from there. Eventually, eventually, and there's this whole thing where like they're dealing with like heavy water which is something that you use in like atomic bombs. But in here, it's a component of the cyclotrode X. And so it's basically a response to atomic, atomic grade technology. There is look, Hey, there's neon knees who we rarely see live in the chat. Neon. Look at this. Look at this. I wrote down your name to make sure that I shouted you out at the beginning of the episode. Cause I felt really bad that I didn't shout you out. So what's up neon knees. Shout out to neon knees. In any case, yeah, so there's this whole thing with heavy water, too. And but eventually the way it all kind of like wraps up and, you know, Kenny talks about this in his interview, um, uh, Kenny Kayafa, uh, Jerry and Doyle's brother, uh, cousin Kenny, if you will. Um, he he always like re- they revel in the fact that like the Crimson Ghost is sort of like he's ultimately foiled by a dog. It's kind of funny when you think about it. He, he gets foiled by a dog. They like run. They uh, uh, he's running away into like a ditch, and the dog like jumps on him, and and that's basically it. And you know, um, apart from that whole history that I just told you, apart from the twelve part serial and the six part uh, TV show and the the the, the singular TV film. That was it for the Crimson Ghost. There was no franchising. He did not catch on. It wasn't like he wasn't like it wasn't like a universal horror film sort of entity the way that Frankenstein or the Wolfman or any of those guys were. It was just sort of it, it was just sort of like, uh, you know, it was it was just a, a one a, a one and done a one shot sort of situation. And, you know, um it was, it, it sort of, it sort of vanished, I guess, you know, it sort of vanished into obscurity, I guess. And that's where the Crimson Ghost finds a second life. And um, so this next part, this is the, this is like a recent, I don't know how recent this is, but this is like a new, newly sort of uh, a new sort of realization. You know, every once in a while, somebody like figures out like some piece of Glenn Danzig graphic design or some reference, whatever Glenn Danzig was referencing in some way, shape or form. What's up, Jody Ramone? How are you? How are you tonight, Jody? 
um, you know, we always like come across like, oh my God, that skeleton arm belongs to that skeleton on this cover of a Batman book. Or, you know, it's always like something or, hey, there's a comic called I Turned Into a Martian about a dude who turns into a Martian. All sorts of stuff like that. Or in that creepy magazine where I found the, the line about please don't feed my television screen. You know, like all of these things we've sort of uncovered. It's it's like a fun it's a fun jigsaw puzzle to sort of like to sort of uh, look look at. And, you know both Glenn Danzig and Jerry only, and maybe even Doyle too. They've all been asked about like the crimson ghost. Where did the crimson ghost come from? Bobby Steele, all these guys get asked. And you know, it, the, the, the line is, or what happened was at some point they found it in a magazine. That's what happened. They found it in a magazine. Oh, this is cool. This is going to be our new mascot. And it, it went from there. However, um, you know, again, we often, we sit there like, scratching our heads about like the misfits history as if it's like super unknown and you know maybe to an extent it is but also it's really not like we've mapped out so much of of this history as best as one could map it out decades after it happened from you know people who who were there people who you know uh have spoken about it stories that are told through the history through the uh, tracing the lineage of everything that Glenn Danzig inserted into his art in whatever way, shape, or form that was. Uh, but this, you know, here is like one thing, this one little wrinkle that like, that was not really, I mean, overtly ever made clear, I guess, is that where, what exact magazine, where did it actually come from? Where did they get, uh, come across the crimson ghost and it's like finding this detail out makes it so much cooler and it's so it's sort of like it's it sort of like captures the imagination of what that what that must be like because what the crimson ghost has become is just so monumentally huge besides like the black flag bars besides we, you know, we go over this all the ramon seal you know there are all these like iconic you know sort of brand logos as they were now I mean, the Crimson Ghost is one of the, you know, at least especially in like underground culture, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. It's like the biggest. It's the biggest right there at the black flag bars. You see that, you know, a great example. And then you see how it like leaks into the mainstream through like, you know, almost subversion. Uh, Henry Rollins, he's doing an ad, uh, a big billboard campaign for Nike, maybe. And he's on a giant billboard. I'm walking down, uh, what was it? It was uh, the Bowery. I'm in the Bowery. This was some years ago. I don't know, a couple of years ago, five years ago or something. I'm walking in the Bowery or I'm, I'm maybe I was driving or something. I was over on th by Third Avenue in the Lower East Side. And there up on the billboard, there's Henry Rollins. But because Henry Rollins has a Crimson Ghost tattoo, they're on this giant billboard being seen by thousands, hundreds of thousands of eyeballs is the crimson ghost it's this logo that is you know again like subversively a part of a nike campaign there's no nike executive that's going oh my god we need to get the crimson ghost on our big billboard and yet they're like yeah henry rollins yeah he's got cred let's put him up and with henry rollins comes those those tattoos which act as sort of like a you know an advertising it's the same thing with metallica and we'll 
We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But uh, what I want to highlight first and foremost is what was the magazine? What is the next piece of the puzzle? The the 60s has the Cyclotrode X, right? And then, and what was that? What year? Hold on. This is also important. What year did Cyclotrode X actually come out? And let's see. Cyclotrode X. This is actually, okay, this is, okay, this is really, really, really important. And this is something, this is a piece of connective tissue that really, really needs to be highlighted more than anything. We said that in the 50s, the, the television show came out. It was 1966 when the TV movie came out. Hold on, I need to wet my whistle with some delicious lime bubbly. Oh, is that good? Mm, that hits the back of the throat. <laughs> um, nineteen sixty six is when that comes out, and the magazine that Danzig and Jerry would find the Crimson Ghost in is from nineteen sixty seven. So, this obscure thing that was repurposed from the forties into the fifties was then repurposed in the 60s. And it was because of that repurposing into a TV movie that it then gets put into Cracked Magazine's Four Monsters Only, which comes out in 1967. 1967. Uh, you know, thank you. Yeah, it might have been Cal. It was Calvin Klein. It wasn't Nike. You're so right. It was Calvin Klein. It was Calvin Klein. I'm sure if you Google it, if you Google it, that billboard will come up. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, hold on here. This is so rad. So check this out. Boom. So here it is. This this is the this is what this is the picture that Glenn and Jerry discovered, whoever it is. And it's from this magazine, Cracked, Four Monsters Only. And the way that, um, and by the way, let's give a big shout out real quick to Umberto and Tanner and Taryn. So the three guys, or Tanner, a.k.a. Tanzig, uh, Taryn and Umberto. This is from the collection of Umberto. But uh, it, was, um, it was one of these guys, or these guys collectively, they were the ones who figured this out. They they put this together however they did. Maybe it was because they 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 read this interview clip and then were able to to pull up the magazine. But they were the ones who put it together. And shout out to please don't feed my i ig feed uh, on on Instagram for uh, highlighting this. And I saw this. Somebody posted this on Facebook. So this is an interview clip, and it says, "Who came up with the art, the Crimson Ghost, as a symbol for the band?" And I guess this is. Um, I don't know when this interview is from. This could have been from the 90s, and it's one of Jerry's tell-all interviews that we've kind of covered in the past. Or uh, it could be at some point in the 80s with uh, Glenn and Jerry doing an interview. I don't actually know. If someone does know. Please clarify that for me. Uh, Jerry says, uh, at the time, Glenn and I started a T-shirt company. It was called Horror House. What we wanted to do was go into Manhattan and sell different monster shirts that we thought were cool just to make some extra money. One day, Glenn and I were thumbing through a bunch of monster magazines uh, looking for new T-shirt ideas, and we stumbled across the Crimson Ghost. We placed the Misfits logo over him, and it just worked. So because in some point in the 60s, Glenn or Jerry, one of the two, I would imagine, 
I would imagine one of the one of the two guys, um, probably you know in their vast collections of comic book and pop culture and whatever it is, um, just had imagine that this magazine was sitting in a stack of magazines, right? Is just sitting in a stack of magazines and they're leafing through and just happen upon this magazine. They open it up and boom, there's the image staring them in the face. It's the reason why they're looking at that image is because they decided to recut that movie in 1966 because then cracked was like, Oh, Hey, what are some things that are, you know, on TV at the time? And this is what, this is my surmisation. I don't actually know this. I'm, I'm just imagining that that's how it had to have happened. So they print, they print that in 67 because of the Cyclotrode X movie in 66. Glenn and Jerry then see it. And then let's fast forward. They have something called, they're talking about something called Horror House. I never knew that that was the name of the business that they were doing, but I did know that they were doing t-shirts. We've talked about that too. Natasha, who had a store called Natasha's on St. Mark's. That was basically the first real home base for the misfits doing their fiend club. They first met Natasha or they, you know, became more friendly, I should say, with Natasha and Dave Street, who worked at Natasha's, as well as George. Uh, they became friends with all of them because they were looking to sell their T-shirts on consignment. We've talked about the whole T-shirt thing before. These dudes learned how to make their own shirts. So they were doing before Hot Topic, before Hot Topic, before any of like these, you know, Spencer's or any of these other stores, you have, you have these dudes who are like, we want, we want our pop culture that we love represented on t-shirts. And the only way we're going to get it is we're going to print it up ourselves. So they're doing it and they're doing, and they're like, what are cool ideas? They're flipping through magazines and just pulling them out and selling them. And, you know, for, for guys who are real sticklers and really protective of their marks, their trademarks, they had no problem just picking stuff out, picking stuff out, no, out of nowhere and just printing it. Now, here's something that's interesting. When the, the Cyclotrode movie, I don't know who put that out particularly. If anybody knows, does anybody have that information? Let's see if I can find that real quick. Who put out the Cyclotrode X movie? Was it different from Republic serial, from the Republic serials? That's what I'm curious it doesn't say it just says it was re-released on television so someone either licensed it or republic was still around at the time but i believe it went defunct and i believe it was owned don't quote me on this by aip american international pictures so if that was the case they were the ones who repurposed and recut this you know and think about it too they're what they're doing is they're reshaping this really 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 long piece of material based on what is in fashion at the moment and so it's going from serialized new, you know, serialized stuff that's playing before movies because nobody's got a TV in your house. And then all of a sudden everybody does have your TV in their house in the 50s. So now it's going to be a television show. And now it's all about TV movies in the 60s. So now we're going to turn into a TV movie. So it could have been that company who did that. In any which case, what I wonder, uh, this is me wondering out loud, did Cracked Magazine for their four monsters only issue. Cause you know, they probably, they were thumbing through. I mean, they probably read crack too, but they're like, Oh yeah. Monsters. Let's pick that up for a nickel and throw that in the pile. I wonder if cracked had, had um, licensed that. And maybe we're going to be able to find out because guess what? I have scans 
of the Mother Effin magazine. We have them, baby. We have them. We're going to look and we're going to see. We're going to answer that question right now. But to get back to the Natasha thing. So they make friends with Natasha. She's got this loft as well. And that's the home base for the Fiend Club. That's where they get the idea from the Fiend Club. But it started it started with this T-shirt business that they were doing on the side. I didn't know it was called Horror House, though. That's interesting. Um, how about that? So, so the... Um, so they're going into Manhattan. They're so, and I believe they're selling the shirts on consignment. I have, I don't know if this was one of the horror house shirts, but I have a Vampirella. If you look in the very earliest episodes from almost three years ago, when we first started doing this and I was talking about the t-shirts and the t-shirt making process in my own sort of like haphazard way, like not, I, I was got a lot of the technical details wrong, but in my own kind of like, um, uh, haphazard way, um, uh, uh, described what the process was. What's up, Angus? How are you? Good evening, Angus. Um, the the uh, uh, sorry, I'm I'm losing myself. Got to stay focused. Got to stay focused. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, sometimes this stuff gets really sticky, and you know what else is sticky? stickers and when you can't remember what the hell you were talking about because you decided to say hi to angus um you just go straight to the sponsored ads we are sponsored by riotstickers.com i talk about it on every single show with good reason because riot stickers they print these things on vinyl sharpie riot josh sharpie he prints these on vinyl. He puts a UV coating on them to protect them from the sun. These suckers, they'll last outside for five years, minimum five years, man. You're not going to find a better deal than the deal that we're doing with Ride Stickers. And you can only get this deal here on the From His channel. Link is in the description. Basically, the way it's going to work is you can get a thousand stickers, three inches by three inches for $79. That is seven cents a sticker. Okay, you're not going to find a better deal. I'm seeing ads because I talk about this all the time. I, ads pop up on like Facebook or whatever. I'm seeing I'm seeing advertisements, 250 stickers for $79. Sharpie, he's doing a thousand stickers. Do not sleep on this deal. Riotstickers.com backslash from us a thousand stickers for $79. That's seven cents per sticker. You really, really can't go wrong. And now we got to play the theme song by Less Than Jake. Let that earworm crawl into your brain and bite your brainstem. Welcome back. It's my show now, my show. 
I've taken over the show, and I say what goes. No dog is going to keep me down. In fact, I'm going to take over YouTube with my Cyclotrodax, because that is what I do. That is what I do. That is what I do. That I hey, hey, come on. Get out of here. Get out of here. Go. Shoot. Hey. Stop it. Stop it. You're not the boss of me. I am the boss of you, and I will tell you what is going on. So stop now. All right. Stay. Stay, boy. Stay. All right. We're back. We are back. Okay. Um. So anyway, as I was saying, as we were discussing here, they have the store. They And that's really, I mean, so that's the origin story. That right there is the origin story. They find it in a cracked magazine. They take this. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't immediately, they're not immediately starting off. It's not that it's not all, it's not immediately becoming their mascot. They're, they're the first thing that they do with it. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the first thing they do with it is they use it for, uh, they use it to advertise a show. In fact, why? Let's go to the book, Johnny. Let's go to the book. All right, let's go to the book real quick. This beautiful tomb. And let's actually look and see when. See, I think. So the first time they use the Crimson Ghost is actually on a show poster. It's not. It's not on the horror. The first, the first release is, is the horror business sig, uh, uh, single. But the first time they use the Crimson Ghost is right here, actually, for Max's Kansas City advertisement. Right here, here we go. Um, now you know it would be really great. What would be really great is if I could flash the camera like I used to. Remember when I used to do that? I used to flash the camera. I can't. I don't know if I can get this going. Let me see. Let me see if I can pull this up. I'm going to try. I'm going to try my very best to pull this up. No, no promises. I'm just going to uh, kill time while I'm, while I'm doing this real quick. Oy vey. Oy vey. Um, sorry. I'm sorry. So we're talking about the Crimson Ghost. Do, 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 do. I am. Killing time while I try to get this up for you. I wasn't planning on doing this right now, but I think it, it will make the show better if I could show this to you. So this is from Scream With Me, the book, and we did a whole, we went through the entire Scream With Me book. We did. And the reason why I did it is because the book is not, you can't purchase that book. So I didn't feel bad about like uh, going through it. You know, if if it was a book that you could purchase, I would just say, hey, purchase the book. But the the sad reality is the book is not available, unfortunately, for for uh, purchase. So therefore, oh, come on for real right now. This is so annoying. Book is not available for purchase. Wow. Wow. Melon, you, you really I, I've had enough of Melon, dude. Really had enough of Melon. That is that is freaking annoying. We just got a new Patreon just now. Thank you, Eric. Shout out to Eric for joining the Patreon. Okay, here we go. We don't want to see. Woo, that's crazy. All right. Um, we want. 
oh my god this is like the worst thing that i'm doing for the show right now by even trying to do this front facing facing back that's what we want back facing camera there we go that's as good as it gets okay so you want to hear my voice that's what i was trying to do okay here we go all right ready oh come on this is really gonna friggin hear this all night sorry i'm so sorry this is so bad it's really annoying me. I just feel like this will make make it better. Hello. Come on. Nobody wants to see this crap. Come on. Oh, please. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Technical. Oh, it's not going to. That sucks. It's really freaking annoying. All right. In any case, hard to talk. So here we go. Here's the here's the poster. I'm just going to power through this. There's one poster right there. That's the poster that we ended up with. And here is another one in red. Uh, let me read the caption here. This is printed directly from Jerry Only's film copy of the poster. This version displays the artwork with the original raw edges an obscured typography uh, before it was edited and cropped. Okay. And then the Max's Kansas city poster is silk screen is a silk screen poster for the March 28th show. So here we go. So that's the first appearance of the crimson ghost. Actually the misfits had and continue to have an influence on my work. Huh? This is, this is actually pretty interesting. Uh, this is from Jacob Bannon from Convergent Deathwish. The Misfits had and continue to have an influence on my work. Early on, Glenn took his idea of reinterpretation and reappropriation of imagery to a fine art level. His punk meets B-movie meets Warhol approach showed me that there were no rules to making visuals. As I started making art and music, the no rules approach has been a compass of sorts for me. It still is. So... And then eventually it got put on horror business, right? And it got put here on a stand. And I mean, they ran with it, dude. They just ran with it. There's like the, the poster. But those are the cutouts that they did. Let's see what else we got here. And, you know, appearances too. So that's for the, the infamous Halloween show, uh, Mad Monster Movie Club. All right, this is getting annoying. Forget it. Forget it. I'm going to just X this out. Forget that, man. I mean, what a what a hunk of baloney. I'm going to kick this off. Boom. You cannot kick off the host. Wow. That's interesting. Kick. Oh, it's not going to let me do it. <laughs> I think we're stuck. <laughs> we're stuck with it. There's nothing I can do. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, let's just let's just keep let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Um, in any case, so <laughs> oh, this is really going off the rails. So now what I want to do is let's actually look at the magazine itself. Okay, here's the magazine itself. Um, boy, I'm a little rusty in my 
approach. And I feel like it used to be a lot more seamless. So here it is. So this is um this is from Zombo's closet. And thank God for Zombo and his blog because he scanned this sucker back in on November 20th, 2014. He did a post. This is what he says. A pox on the little terror, or maybe it was a big terror, that ran his or her errant pen across this battered copy of cracks of cracks for monsters only issue five. Uh, a cheeky little bastard. What no one worried about collecting back at what no one co- worried about collecting back in 1962. <laughs> He's basically asking, did no one worry about collecting back in 1967? Uh, and apparently no one did. Okay, never mind that. So a little bastard marked up the cover of this issue wasn't so cheeky or terrible. It does give some monster kid flavor, though, don't you think? I mean, it's amazing. I know Umberto has a copy of this, but like the fact that like I was able to Google this and it just popped up, like the whole friggin' thing popped up. What's up, Dagger Love? How are you? Oh, shout out to Alan too, man. Alan, Alan, Alan always jumps in the chat and whatnot. So shout out to Alan. Um so, so it's amazing that this popped up, like that this is actually, that uh, we are actually able to find the whole magazine intact. It does give some Monster Kid flavor, though, doesn't it? Don't you think? Like the idea that someone did doodle all over it. More jokes, actually some good ones in this issue. See, The Nightmares of Monsters and two thoughtful articles. Richard Bojarski's The Man Behind Monsters, the story of Jack Pierce for you newbies. Jack Pierce was the genius makeup artist who created the universal classic monster look. We actually just talked about Jack Pierce when we had uh, Larry the Wolf. Shout out to Larry the Wolf on on Pizza Punk from the Manimals. And we were talking about Jack Pierce and how he built up the uh, flat top look for Frankenstein. Uh, And there's also an article about the horror hits of Peter Lorre. Make this make this issue a memorable read. So here's the cover. Look at this thing, man. How beautiful is that? Look at the look at this. Look at these Severin. So somebody drew on the color uh, cover here. I mean, what a fun, what a fun time to be a monster kid, right? And then on the back, we've got a ghoul game. <laughs> and it's like, listen, you couldn't go scrolling on on Facebook, you know, in 1967. You couldn't go and watch some TikToks, you know, if you wanted to entertain yourself. You'd go to your stack of mags and you'd look through. I have tons of mad and cracked magazine from the nineties. I used to love cracked magazine. Uh, I didn't know that they had something like this though, with this, uh, this monster edition, which is pretty cool. So here is the inside cover. This is the, the Cyclops monster. And you know, they take, so what they're doing is they're taking photos in a way, they're also kind of repurposing stuff themselves. They're they're remixing old photos, a whole library of content, and put adding little you know funny jokes. And my group didn't use any toothpaste. Um, and here's the the table of contents. And I'll tell you something, man. If you are of that age, or like you know, if you ever did read like Mad or Cracked magazine. There was nothing like whatever the case may be. If you were a magazine reader, there was nothing like getting a brand new issue and then just spending hours and hours and hours reading every word, every syllable that that was on there and you would read it. And we're obviously not going to read all these letters here, but look at this. This is a drawing by someone who sent it in. I mean, oh, so great, man. So great. 
Um, should we read just one? Let's read just one, shall we? This is from Richard Fulton, Port Washington, New York. Dear Four Monsters Only, I was looking through a stack of old magazines when I found a copy of Four Monsters Only, September 1966. I had so much fun reading your zany stuff. I flipped over the story Modern Witchcraft and the cartoons by Victor Martin. Uh, where do most of you cartoonists get their ideas? Do they just think them up or do they get them from joke writers? Please let me know. And then the response below in italics is most of our cartoonists get their ideas from staring at the bare tomb walls in the office where they work. So they're, they give funny, snarky response answers. Like, look at this little comic right here. Gee, I wish I could. What does that say? Meet a girl like that. <laughs> I mean, that's just so it really is. It was so, so great. So wonderful. Let's keep, let's keep looking through the, uh, the pictures here, some more pictures. Look here, are the ads. So here, I forget. Uh, that's Quasimodo. Actually, is that the the Quasimodo from the nineteen twenties? The sound of music is always in the heart of Stanley Zacherglof, Zanley's uh, Stan's number one boss drummer in the Transylvanian Gravedigger. So this is just a funny caption they put at the bottom, right here. Uh, marching brass band. Okay, Stan, take it away. A one, two. Look at me. They're coming down the street. But I believe that's um, that that's the hunch that, that's the hunchback in Notre Dame from the twenties, the silent one. And then check this out. Here's some. These are funny. These are funny classified ads, and it's crazy to think that like the classified ad is kind of like what a way of life before. Before we had Craigslist, before we had Reddit, you had, you know, this stuff, and this is just goofy, you know. <laughs> It's just so fun, man. It really is. It's just fun stuff. And so Glenn and Jerry are going through these, going through these magazines, looking for art to, to sort of, to sort of co-op. What's up, Ema? How are you? Yes, the ads are so fun. So here is Jack. So this is Jack Pierce, right? The guy they're doing the article on. And there's Boris Karloff being made up as Frankenstein. And you could see right here, you can see the seam. And all of that had to be built built up every single day, man. Every single day. Um, so here we have the Mad Ghoul. This is Lon Chaney Jr. in The Mummy's Tomb. Fun stuff, man. Fun friggin' stuff. Uh, let's keep going here. Let's keep looking through. We're going to get to the... We'll, we'll get to the Misfits page in a minute. I just love looking at... I was like, oh boy, we got to look through this stuff. We gotta look through this. So you can see all the um you, you can see all the all the stuff they have. Check this out. Just all of Jack Pierce's stuff. I, I really advise everybody to to take a look. The nightmares of monsters, Dracula. Darling, now that we're married, I want you to stop your nightly gallivanting. Wait, what? What's the what's the uh what's so nightmarish about that? I don't know. I don't get it. So for the Wolfman, the Wolfman dreams about this. Uh, hey, mates, look, there's a chap we need to be our lead guitarist, which I think is supposed to be because this is from 67. So I think the joke there in 1967 humor is that the, the Wolfman kind of is all like, you know, hairy and has long hair, which was like a real 
sort of uh, which was a real counterculture sort of thing. And so the Wolfman is super stressed out that a band wants him to be their lead guitarist. What a what a nightmare. What a friggin nightmare. Alan was born at the wrong time. I'd love to pick these up when they came out. Oh, Slash Man is another person who's been on here forever in the chat. Shout out to Slash Man. Jack Pierce was a genius. The flat top came from his idea of an amateur surgeon's quick and easy way to clamp a skull shut. Right. Because you're saw you're sawing the, the cranium in half and then you'd, you'd staple it shut. So he's doing like writing. He's doing writing through the makeup design in that kind of way. Let's read some more of these. So what else is Frankenstein's? Frankenstein's nightmare is I wonder how the monster will like the new face we gave him. And this is the face I get. I don't know what, what's the joke is that he's a good looking face, a bad face that he has a different face. I mean, he's already a dude who's made up of a bunch of dead body parts. So what does Frankenstein care? This is the sea creature. Let's dump in here. No one's going to know if we pollute the lagoon. That actually makes sense. That would be the night. That would be a good nightmare for the sea creature. Phantom of the opera. Uh, that was a fab idea to convert that old opera house into a discotheque. So he's just really upset that there's a discotheque now. Uh, the fly, super uh, sale, supersized fly wallpaper. So the, the fly's nightmare in this picture, if you can see in the corner of my screen here, I'll make myself smaller. If you could see the fly is the fly's nightmare is that he walks by a storefront that shows that 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 there that supersized fly paper is on sale for two dollars and ninety eight cents. I mean, man, is that the, that's the stuff that gives you nightmares? The mole just like popping his head up and getting hit by a skateboard. King Kong, hey shorty, take me to your leader. So King Kong is upset that there's somebody that's taller than him, and that he's got to like he's got to you know deal with somebody who's bigger than him. That's pretty funny, man. That is pretty funny. I mean, funny in the sense of like, it's just funny what the humor was for kids at that time or whatever. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? So here they took old stills. I mean, I guess that was the hook of the book, the hook of the book. Let's take old monster stills and sort of repurpose them into funny things like werewolf in the girl's dormitory. Uh here, Hunter's seen breaking up over a joke. He's just told the gag was, why does a werewolf cross the street? The answer is to hold up his pants. I think I might have gotten the joke a little mixed up. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Good old Boom Boom is seen getting angry at a frightened co-ed. She didn't laugh at his jokes. And if there's anything Tab can't stand, it's a human who doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> okay. Oakley dokely schmokely. All right, monster phrases. Let's see what that one is. That's fun. And you have to imagine Glenn and Jerry are looking through this magazine and trying to decide if any of these pictures would be good on a t-shirt. That's what's happening. Monster phrases, calling the shots, falling for a hoax, chasing away the blues, following a hunch, paying the piper. <laughs> that's the piper it's just some angry dog guy hey, pay me pay me now hey hey i want you to pay me pay me now pay me for my likeness what the heck don't you know who i am generic skull guy 
from House of Wolfman. Generic. Keyword, generic. <laughs> um, oh, my God. We're, 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 getting, we're getting really lost in the sauce here. Uh, pulling the punches. So this guy is actually dragging a wagon full of punches. Jumping at conclusions. So it's just, you know... I get it. I get what, I mean, I get what it's, I, I get what it's doing. It's just being, it's like literal, it's, it's literal figures of speech, following the hunch, making a false charge, filling the void, uh, giving into compromise. The void is an actual creature that you're feeding, filling the void, giving into a compromise. That's really great. I really like this. This is, this is fun. This is really cute. And you know what they would do is they would take stuff all the way from the 60s and they would just mad was mad was so guilty of this. They would just repurpose and repurpose and repurpose this stuff over and over and over again. You'd be reading something in the 90s that was written in the 60s. That's what would happen. You know, and, you know, here's another thing to take note of. That's interesting, too. Like, OK, so. I've told this story before. Uh, when I quit smoking about 15 years ago, I took up the hobby of trying to make my own t-shirts. In fact, I made some misfits t-shirts, my own. I did an, I turned into a Martian. I did a crimson ghost with two Martian antenna. It's funny. You would have thought they would have done that by now. I don't think they've ever done a shirt like that. And I just wrote, I turned into a Martian in with the uh, Gila monster font, which is the Sam Hain font, of course. And, you know, I did something very similar. I did something without even really knowing that Glenn and Jerry, I guess, had done it in the same sort of way, but was mo most certainly inspired to do it because I knew they had done it, that they had made T-shirts. So I would sit in my dorm room in college with an X-Acto knife, just spending hours by myself, um, no music playing, just quiet, in my dorm, uh, cutting out, tracing and cutting out things that I would find in magazines, trying to make simplified designs that I could then turn into T-shirts. In fact, ah, it's stuck. In fact, here's one of them right now. So I frame this because I still had it and I just was a cool photo. This is something that I printed out and blew up. And then I, I actually, if you were to look under the glass, you would see that it's exacto knifed out. And I would, what I would do is I'd put a, a, an acetate over this, like a plastic transparency. And I would cut out every time you wanted to do a color, you had to change, change the transparency. So if I wanted to do three colors, I had to do three different transparencies and I'd trace out what I wanted in that color. And so this was a shirt I made. And if I could find the shirt, I'll, I'll, I'll post a picture of it. Uh, mock from Rock and Rule. Rock and Rule. That This was one of them that I had done. And um, I, man, I, I just would spend hours doing this stuff. And, you know, if you're if you're cutting out an eyeball, you got to make sure that you leave a little bridge for the eyeball. So you actually have something that's like anybody who does this stuff knows what I'm talking about. What's interesting about this photo right here is that, like, imagine trying to, like, find something in a magazine 
And you're like, wow, this is a really, here's a really cool photo, but like, that's a nightmare to sort of trace because that's what they were doing. They were tracing these images. What is going to transfer really, really well and, and actually print. And this, while I mean, totally it's possible. It's not impossible to do it. You know, just studying the various features. Like if I was doing this like 15 years ago, when I was talking about just now, if I was doing this, it wouldn't, it would be hard. It would be hard for me to do because the there it's black on black, you know, the hair is dark and then the black, the background is dark. And I don't know, it just, it presents quite a few changes. Like how would I do that ear? You need clear defined lines when you're doing something like this, at least in the technique that I was doing when I was with the exacto knife and whatnot. Um, here's a quick quiz. Let's see. Okay. Monsters grab a pencil and pen or anything that's sharp. So you can write your answers to our new, our newest terror test. When you hear the bell, you may begin boing, boing, boing. And I'm not going to say, uh, but yeah. Okay. All right. I don't really need to talk about that. But that's cool. I like this. Like that probably would have made a great shirt right there, but it's probably, maybe it was too small. Who knows? Maybe it's too small. What's up? C CWB is in the house. Crazy white boy. Okay. And here it is, man. Here it is. There it is. There is the very image. So in this cracked magazine from 1967, which had clearly printed this photo, of the Crimson Ghost, a, pu a publicity still of some kind, or maybe a poster that they stuck in there in their issues because they're taking old stock footage uh, or sorry, old stock images and they are repurposing them with funny captions. And that is all the rage for monster kids in the 60s. In this case, you have the Crimson Ghost, our new Mary Mailman. And then remember what I was talking about before about like how easy it is to sort of transfer an image. And here, look, you have a, a lighter background. You have the dark crimson cloak and then you have the white bone face and the white gloves. This is a, this image is easy or easier to sort of transfer to, to do a transferring. Here's the caption. A few weeks ago, uh, Mayor Sharpclaws announced the appointment of Winston J.B. Sculler, shown above, as Postmaster General of Transylvania. Mr. Sculler previously worked as an official greeter in a haunted house. Lots of luck to your new job, Sculler. So they're like, let's repurpose the Crimson Ghost as uh, a guy who is um, Winston J.B. Sculler, who's going to be uh, the new Mary Mailman of cracked magazine and you could see just from looking at this image this has to be absolutely i'm not going to share my camera again because that took too long but you can tell that that has to be the image that they used for specifically for horror business that that this is the image that would eventually get you know processed and tweaked in a way and i'm looking at it and i'm looking at this and it's got to be it Maybe not actually. Huh. I'm looking, I'm, I'm comparing it right now. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Well, you know what gives it away? It's the fingers. When you look at the fingers, can you guys see that okay? Here. There you go. Ah, 
Look at the fingers. You see that hand right there? That matches up perfectly. And that's the stuff that get, that I get my rocks off. Just matching that stuff up and seeing where it came from. So this idea that this iconic album cover that goes for thousands of dollars comes from this two-bit magazine repurposing this thing that this image would lead to a, a brand, a, a, an invaluable mark that generates you know, countless dollars in revenue, who knows how much. And then eventually let's, let's switch, switch gears here for a minute. Let's just read this comic on the side, the pick me up. There's Dracula and he gets picked up and uh, picked up and brought to the hospital and he's sipping his, his donor blood instead of drinking it. Breathe deep. We need a donor for blood. So there you have it, man. That's where the image comes from. That's where the crimson ghost comes from. It comes from that issue of that's the original issue. And what's funny is you can, you can definitely see, I got to go back. Let's go back to the Instagram post for a minute. And the reason why I want to do that, hold on, because I think it shows, hold on, hold on. I believe, I believe is, yeah, there's more. We missed it. So, Here's the similarities. And again, I don't know. I don't know. What's up, Sherm Smoke? How you doing? Matt, John, how are you doing? I don't know if this is uh, if this is the Instagram account holder who figured this out or if this was also Tanner and Taryn who did this. But look, if you want to see the, the, the comparison here, look right here. This is what I should have done from the beginning. Look, you can see it. Very, very clearly. There it is, man. Look at the hand I, I was talking about. The transfer. That's what they did. And they used that image a bunch. Look up here. They just put the logo right on top of our newest mailman. It was right underneath. And then eventually they darkened it more. They, they took that out completely. Wow. So there it is. And that, because this is the very first appearance of the Crimson Ghost right here. And there you have it, guys. That's it. It goes from this magazine. That's the photo. That's the first appearance. And that's complete transference to the Misfits. That is so cool, man. That is so freaking cool. Um, so why is this not? Let's unshare this and my screen share. So uh, we looked at that. We looked at that. Now, from there, from there, of course, we go. And then if, if you look over here, too, on the cover of Collection 2, check this out. This is somebody. This is somebody's blog. When you look, when you look at this is the, the, the shot they use for Collection 2. That's the same. That is the exact same still. The original one. The original one is right friggin' there. Um, and then, you know, eventually what they started to do. So it, look, it shows up on horror business, then the fiend club, then all the fiend forms and they run with it, man. And before you know it, it was also on, right. It was on beware, which is the first real actual compilation of the misfits combining horror business and bullet, except losing one song or replacing it with last caress. 
You see him on Misfits Evil Live. And lastly, Legacy Brutality. And this is a shot of him hanging out of the car door. That's actually him hanging out of the car door with his hand like that. And that's what was used for Legacy of Brutality. And, you know, it goes, it goes from there. It goes on and on. Then you get like variations of the logo, the Crimson Ghost logo, right? So check this out. So now we have all the different kinds of Crimson Ghost. Now this one, you got this one, which is slightly different. I don't know if this was, uh, if this was illustrated by someone else and then uploaded, or if this was something that was taken from something else. There's this one. I know Glenn does not like this one. This was done by a dude. Oh man, what's his name? Garrett. Garrett did this one, uh, and it's basically taking Glenn's face and sort of turning into a skull face. And this has really gotten a lot of legs. This logo, it's a. Lo I really like it. I think it's a great logo. I don't think Glenn is a fan, but um, who cares? <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, uh, when people are trans, people are transforming the thing that you yourself. I guess maybe he's mad because it was his face. I don't know. Who knows? It's a logo that's beloved by all. Now this one's interesting. Because this was used, this one looks like it's a reproduction by the band in the early, early 80s, I would imagine. Maybe like 1980. And what they did was they recreated they recreated the Crimson Ghost as best they could or a variation of the Crimson Ghost um, by hand. Like they drew that. Maybe Glenn drew that. That was Glenn sort of like doing his own version or a slightly different version of the of the crimson ghost there you go but that same image was used so many friggin' times dude and you know what is it that like what what is so perfect about the crimson ghost that makes it so like that perfectly personifies the misfits you know what i mean look at it look at the crimson ghost man it's a smiling skull the eyes are kind of you know uh peering upward slightly it just has this like look of cynicism sarcasm like totally having fun with you it's scary but fun at the same time you know what i mean it, it really does perfectly like personify it it encapsulates it encapsulates so perfectly what the misfits are about what they write about you know we're writing about halloween but in a really fun kind of way not halloween but you know what i mean like just scary stuff or pop culture stuff like whatever we're doing is sort of like done in this sort of tongue-in-cheek sort of way here's here's basil's basil's version of the so the so eventually it started to transform so so the misfits jerry and jerry and the gang hired basil to do his version of the crimson ghost and then eventually Jerry started to try and he wanted to turn the Crimson Ghost from what it was into something. Oh, hey, look, <laughs> that's the thumbnail for this very friggin' episode that's streaming live right now. That is literally being like created as I am speaking these words and it has popped up in the search as we're doing the episode. I love that. That's hilarious. Um. Here's another Crimson Ghost. But basically, hey, we're we're gonna sort of hey, look, there's look, there's me. Oh no, now it's switched. That's yeah, that's cool. Um 
it's just this idea of trying to continuously evolve and change the logo into something that is more copyrightable. Like for instance, I know that when Jerry did this one, he started using this logo. I want to say in like 2009, maybe. And the reason why he's using that or doing something with that is that he's so, okay. So it's my understanding. And again, please correct me if I'm wrong. It's my understanding that the crimson ghost How'd I do that? It's my understanding that the Crimson Ghost is technically in the public domain, as far as I know. And at some point, if you are a Patreon, we are going to be our next secret show deep dive is going to clarify that. So tune in if you are a Patreon one or a YouTube member, because you we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna find out some stuff. Oh, hey, look, here's another one. That's another one of my thumbnails that just popped up. Cool. But it's my understanding. Here you go. Here's, here's, here's one with this, another promotional photo. I guess these were like lobby cards too or something. It's my understanding that the Crimson Ghost has fallen into public domain, initially fallen into public domain, that technically anybody can use it. However, the misfits have a legal claim to it or a legal precedent to it over uh over others is that how it works something like that like they can defend they can defend their 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 use of the mark again we're gonna find this out when we do the i know i'm leaving my thumbnails everywhere all i did was search crimson ghost logo and like three of my thumbnails came up which is like awesome that's great i like this logo right here but so the point the point is is that uh, I think it's in the I think it's in the the public domain, but at the same time the misfits have you know they have a legal claim because they use the mark and they can defend their use of that mark something like that. I could be so wrong, uh, but it's something that I would very much like to learn more about. I'm just curious. I'm curious to know now. Well, certainly curious to know. Because at some, and the reason why I'm curious to know is because as at some point, Jerry is trying to do variations of the Crimson Ghost, but he's trying to call it the Fiend. So he's re, he's, he's trying to rebrand as the Fiend uh, because it's a mark that he can more easily protect. Like for instance, let's look at the Crimson Ghost logo 25th anniversary. See what pops up. Uh, or maybe we just need to do Misfits 25th anniversary. Uh, well, here's here's one thing. Jerry's like Jerry's. This was one thing that Jerry was really pushing for a while. It's Jerry only, and he used to always wear this shirt of himself. So it was Jerry wearing a shirt of Jerry, which is kind of funny. Or it's supposed to be like some variation of Jerry, I think. Uh, but this was another thing. So Jerry is. So look. So here for for those of you who are unaware. In order to um, like legally like claim something, sorry. In order to uh, you know hold uh, or, or legally put something out, you need to change the logo at least by twenty percent, twenty five percent, something like that. And Jerry, quite clearly here, as you can see, 
is trying to do that in a variety of ways. Look at this, the Misfits 30th anniversary edition logo. Remember this guy? Oh, you can't see this. Wow. I feel so foolish. Here I am talking. So here's the Misfits 30th anniversary logo right here. And as you can see, it's been changed. It's it's sort of very, it looks a little bit like the Crimson Ghost, but you know, he's trying to change enough of it that he can sort of, you know, claim it as his mark. It's a smart move, it makes sense. And he once again doing the same thing with the Misfits 25th anniversary. He doesn't have to, you know, I don't think, you know, he has to deal with Glenn in the same kind of way, at least at this point, because they had a merchandising thing. They could both, they both had the right to do their merchandise. But if you used the other person's image, you had to cut them in. So you started to get these crazy shirts. Let's see if we can find it. Misfits Halloween, Misfits Halloween shirt. Let's see what pops up. Here we go. Boom, right here. What do you notice? How do you know this is a Glenn Danzig shirt? You know how you know this is a Glenn Danzig shirt and not a Jerry only shirt? Because boom, we're, oh crap. This is annoying. I got to reshare my screen again. So sorry. Let me, let me do that one more time. There you go. So what do you notice about this shirt? There's no Jerry. This is a Glenn shirt. So Glenn was putting out his own Misfits merchandise and what he was doing at the time was if he wanted to do a shirt, he had to black out Jerry and then vice versa. I don't know if I could find an example of Jerry, Jerry doing uh, maybe actually let's see here. Misfits. I think it would be misfits. Jerry only evil live. Let's see if that pops it up. Probably not. Oh my God. All right, check this out. Look what I typed into the thing and look how many of my thumbnails came up in Google search. This is pretty funny. I've invaded. I've invaded the misfits. Look at this. There's one. Remember that? Remember that episode? There's one. There's two. There's three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven. Oh, that is too funny, man. That is too funny. Look at all my thumbnails. I guess people might, maybe people are discovering it that way. Oh, there's another one. All the shows we've done hours. We have talked about the misfits for, and, and related bands for hours and hours. That was from, what was this from? I don't even know. I don't even know. Yo, I don't even know. There's a shirt where it's just Jerry from the evil live cover. It's just Jerry on the evil live cover. And that's him doing the same thing that, Glenn is doing uh crimson ghost logo in an effort to you know do his own merchandise so so doing the 25th anniversary edition and the 30th anniversary edition logo and this weird little uh fiend guy over here all of that is trying to sort of change the mark enough that he can lay claim to a version for himself that he can use. He needs something that looks similar to what it is, but at the same time is different enough that he can sort of, you know, uh, do his own thing. Right. And, you know, he's done it in various degrees. Look at, here's another one. Here's another one. Remember the devil's reign misfits. The devil's reign. 
Here's the Devil Rain logo. Look at that. Why is that different? Partially because the logo looks cool, I guess. That's part of it for sure. But the other part of it is because he, you know, look, he's selling T-shirts and he needs to change the logo enough. You know, uh, here's, here's another design. I actually really like this album cover a lot for Dead Alive. which was also another great rebranding instead of doing, I'm sure he wanted to do evil live and couldn't because of Glenn. So he calls it, uh, he calls it dead alive instead. Here's another one. Remember this, the, uh, the twilight of the dead album art. He's doing the land or land of the dead. He's doing half zombie and half misfits, you know, crimson ghost. Now look, uh, it could just be argued that he's just trying to do a variation of the logo. And for sure, I mean, I'm sure of it. I'm sure he is, but also on some level that's him experiment. I mean, he's trying to experiment, he's trying to figure out a better way to sort of, you know, protect his marks or to evolve them in a way where he doesn't have to involve Glenn. And look, there's that, that's the, that's the art. And this was done by the dude who did Marvel zombies uh, Arthur or something, something or other. I met him actually at a, at a comic at New York comic-con. And then once again, I mean, that really, that really looks like the crimson ghost that, I mean, that's supposed to be Jerry. That's like Jerry doing. That's like Jerry. It's like a You know what it is? It's kind of like legacy of brutality a little bit. Um, but it's also Jerry only, uh, Jerry only by way of legacy of brutality, trying to like do this fusion of himself as the crimson ghost, I guess maybe there's that. So there's that as well. Here's another one. Again, I don't think, I don't think he seriously thought, you know, he's just doing that. He's like, Hey, what if we did the Grinch with the, with the crimson ghost face? It's like, Hey, how many times can we evolve or change the crimson ghost face? Wow. Thank you so much. We have minimum wage. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dagger Love, for the support. Uh, minimum wage for Jeff. Just what I need. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and buy a copy of uh, Jerry's album with that with that uh, contribution. Thank you so much, Dagger. Um, so, yeah. And look at this one. That, that was just the print for, for collection one. My favorite, probably my, one of my favorite misfit, like my favorite misfit art really is the horror business album. And this version of the Crimson Ghost is my favorite. As you can see, I've done, I've used that logo in a variety of ways. Yes, Robbie, I agree. There's a little bit of Doyle's face in, in Jerry Only's solo album logo. I see it. It's that hairstyle from the Abominator album or whatever. You're right, man. You're so right about that. But as you can see, I love, I love that logo. And in fact, that's Glenn, that's Glenn's handwriting right there. All I did was I just photoshopped the letters to say from us instead of business. So the E S S is from horror business on my, on my from us, on my from us thing. And by the way, that does remind me, I said this last week, I might as well say it again for you here. We are planning Sharpie Riot and I are doing, I'm ordering a bunch of shirts from Sharpie Riot and what we are doing, it is a special print 
and the way and they're it's going to be free. That's right. Free t-shirts, but here's how it's going to work. At the end of every episode, not this one. I haven't started it yet. We haven't started officially doing it yet. At the end of a show, I am going to ask a trivia question and then you need to write into me via email with the answer. Obviously, if you want to use Google or whatever to do it, I don't think you should. I can't stop you. I have no way of knowing. So the first person with the correct answer to send in to my email and I will know, you can use the fromest mail at Gmail in the, in the description below. I will know who, who the first one is by the timestamp. So the first person to, 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 to answer correctly will get a free t-shirt that I am specially designing. It's going to be some sort of like Frumis club. It's going to be misfits inspired. Maybe it'll be horror business inspired. It's going to be something. And uh, it unfortunately is only for people within the continental United States, uh, but it's 100% free, free shipping. And it's my way of saying thank you. And uh, we're going to, I don't know how many, what the run is going to be, but it's going to be super freaking limited. Okay. Super limited. And um, I just think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really, really fun. So it's going to be trivia. It could be misfits trivia. It could be horror movie trivia. Uh, and I think the goal is the goal is that you have, it's only going to happen at the end of the episode. So you have to either tune in at the end of the episode. Or you need to listen to the whole episode live and then answering at the end to the email address in order to get your free shirt. If you win the shirt, obviously you'll give me your size information and your address. And then once I uh, collect all of them, you're going to have to wait though. I have to collect every single shirt and then I'm going to place an exact order to Sharpie Riot from riotstickers.com with all of the shirts and everybody will get their shirt accordingly. And that is how, that is my plan. That is what I want to do. I think it could be a really fun thing that we do here on the channel. Um, but more, it, it has not started yet. I'll, I'll do a whole episode just about it. And we will we will start that way. And basically, if, if you write in and you're the first one in, you will win a free shirt. And in your size, whatever it may be, free shipping. Again, continental United States only, only that's it. Uh, so anybody who's outside of the States, I, I can't help you. Unfortunately, um, it's just too crazy. Um, and then the last part of it is the last part of it is this. And it's the part that we all know. Let's just let's Google Metallica in the eighties and see what comes up. Eighties. Oh, Sorry. Well, let's. Well, first, first, actually, I guess this is the episode. I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Neon knees. I can't. New Zealand. Are you? I can't do New Zealand. I can't do New Zealand. That episode about the writer was great. Yeah, the the Danzig's tour writer. Our King is in the house. What's up? Question: Glenn Danzig's favorite salad dressing backstage. Oh, I know the answer to that one. Our King says, uh, I'm surprised Jerry only got away with using the variation of Crimson Ghost for a solo album. Seems much like the original Misfits Crimson logo for Danzig's liking. Hmm. Yeah. Don't know. I don't know. Um, but what happens? So here's the other thing, too. Cliff Burton is a big fan of the Misfits. 
and he starts wearing a Crimson Ghost t-shirt. I believe he's a Fiend Club member as well. Metallica is just getting their start, right? I don't know when Metallica started, maybe like 81, but they're really not, I don't know. They're, I don't think they're really getting themselves out of the garage until like, what, 82, 83, maybe even 84. Um, I'm not very well-versed on Metallica, but you know, throughout the 80s, Metallica don't become, you know, a household name that they do become until the Black Album in 91. But before that, you know, before that time, Metallica can be almost exclusively seen wearing Misfit shirts. I mean, just every freaking photo. And now I'm going to sit and try and find one. And, and here I am, you know, proclaiming it. And I can't goddamn find a, a photo of them in Misfits shirts. The irony of that. We, we've all seen them. We all know that they exist. But yet I'm hard pressed to find Misfits. Here we go. Here we go. Here's one. <laughs> I can't believe I can only find one. Um, there is Kirk wearing a Who Killed Marilyn shirt. And what would happen is here's there's Cliff in his Crimson Ghost shirt. And, you know, Cliff Burton has, you know, he pa tragically passed away. But, you know, he's sort of become like an icon in his own right. You know, this like legendary bass player that whenever he's like his image is recreated he's always wearing a misfit shirt i mean he's synonymous with with being a a misfit fan he has a crimson ghost tattoo i mean do you wear the mark you know and throughout the 80s again as we grossly have discussed discussed over and over and over through skate culture on the bottom of us on the bottoms of skateboards you know on posters like you know look People are watching Saved by the Bell. Do you imagine this? Imagine watching Saved by the Bell in the late 80s, right? On whatever it was, NBC, whatever, whatever state, whatever network station is playing. And all of the sudden, you look and there's a Misfits poster. There's Glenn, Jerry, Doyle, and the Crimson Ghost. And the Crimson Ghost, because as we've said, as we've said, some set set deck, I have to believe this. I have to believe this is true. Some set decorator who was a big fan of the Misfits and needed to decorate Jesse's set, her room, with the, look, <laughs> there's the poster again. Jesse listens to the Misfits, dude. It's so freaking great. It's like, it's literally the greatest. It's, it's probably the greatest thing that ever existed. The fact that this poster is there. It's so awesome to me, but um, the fact that there was some set set designer set deck who is a huge misfits fan and would like knew that like he would melt minds by putting this in the background. And then suddenly, just like what we talked, remember what we talked about with Henry Rollins and how just by him having a misfits tattoo, suddenly the misfits are part of a Calvin Klein ad campaign, you know, in like 2016, you know, or 2015, like they haven't even like re reunited yet. They're, they're on this ginormous billboard. Uh, in on the Lower East Side, and it's the same thing with it's the same thing here, man. It's the exact same thing. 
you're watching television, you're watching NBC or whatever it is. And there it is, man. And then you call your friend up on the phone. Dude, did you see Saved by the Bell? Dude, there's a show called Saved by the Bell. There was a Misfits poster. Jesse's a Misfits fan. Oh my God. The, the, uh, the currency, the pop culture currency. Um, just great. You know, I don't think that was, I don't think that was a poster. I don't think that was an official poster. I think that was a bootleg poster. Jerry only declared Cliff Burton day on his birthday since he was a big fan. That's awesome. That's really nice. Uh, Keith had a nineties misfit skateboard. Yeah, man, you're at the skate park. You're at the skate park and you see a decal on the bottom of somebody's skate deck. And it's that friendly grinning skull. And it's like <laughs> Clarissa explains your baby today. I love that. I love that. Um, somebody does a kickflip and, and, and flashes the skull at you. And you're like, what the hell is that skull? I need to know more. You know, that's what happened, man. It, it just permeated. And the, the cult all was carried. So even the misfits are dead and the crimson ghost the Crimson Ghost leaves the best tombstone that any band could ever ask for. That image says the Misfits without even having to say the name, the Misfits. And the rest is friggin' history all the way up, all the way up to now. Um, friggin', friggin' nuts. Let's go back. Let's see if I missed any comments here. Um. Oh my God! Yeah, right. Glenn, Glenn with the skeletons cover, uh, doing the makeup. That's true. That is true. Thank you, Hot Tub Rob. I hope Hot Tub Rob is still in the hot tub. Keith says, "Hey Jeff, I used to spend my time in the '70s building monster model kits. Wish my brother didn't melt them away with lighter fluid. Had a good collection of horror comics. It's great." Angus says, I remember in the 1980s, I would go through the zine catalog called Fact Sheet 5. It was a great place to find underground cartoons, music fanzines, and just weird stuff. In print. I mean, that was, I mean, that was the internet, man. That was the internet. That was the internet, man. Alan says, I was born in the wrong time. I'd love to pick these up when I came out. I think I read that comment already. Uh, what up, Jeff? I hope I hope you can actually talk about the actual mystique of the skull. You can't deny that has uncanny Valley type vibe to it. And it affected so many people. What is that? But who was the crimson ghost when he was alive? That's what I want to know. Who was the crimson ghost when he was still living? Because he's a skull, right? And yes, you could say, oh, well, you know, that's the mask of the guy. And yes, you're right. But at the same time, I think that the, that underneath Underneath his goofy smile, what me worry, Alfred Newman. Alfred E. Newman is, in fact, the Crimson Ghost. Doesn't that say it all, man? Look at that face. When you put them, if you were to take a flamethrower or some corrosive acid and melt off Alfred E. Newman's face, you would get the Crimson Ghost. That's the truth. That's the truth. So, so the, the real identity, the truest identity of the Crimson Ghost is, in fact, that when he was alive, he was Alfred E. Newman. 
the end. The end. Professor Parker was the guy he used to be. Right. No, I know. But I'm just mean like the, the, the skull itself, the smiling skull itself. Yes. In, in, in the Crimson Ghost, it's a mask, but you, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like the idea that like even the mask, the mythology behind the Crimson Ghost, who was he when he was alive? The care, this, 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 even the symbol of it. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry for some of the technical difficulties on this episode, but I hope you enjoyed it. Oh my god, I'm uh, I'm a little beat. I have to be up super friggin' early tomorrow. And um, yeah, man, we got we got more shows coming though for you. Just constantly, just trying to get stuff. I just want to remind everybody uh, again about my shadow, which is my original story that we are going to be doing a table reading for. So please make sure to tune into that. I really would love to have a good turnout. You know, I'm like, I'm really, it's a, I'm going to be very vulnerable. I'm really going to be putting myself out there. Uh, and it's a story that I poured onto the page out of my heart. If listen, if you like reanimator, if you like pet cemetery, if you like eraser head, if you like, um, if you like monsters, if you like crazy, like kooky, quirky films, if you like John Waters, if you like trauma, if you like any of that stuff, then you will like My Shadow, which is about a guy named Robert who loses his best friend, a bunny rabbit named Shadow, uh, and he resurrects him. And when he resurrects Shadow, uh, Shadow decides that he wants to be a rock and roll singer the problem is he can't stop eating people. And all that Robert wants to do is take Sydney kidney to the jovial Halloween ball. And that's sort of like a very sort of uh, surface level synopsis of this, of this new script that I've written. And so the idea here is we're going to be doing it like a, like an audio play. And so what I want you to do in the audience, you're all invited to join me. I'm going to have a bunch of people. We're going to be all reading the parts. It's going to be like an audio play. We're even going to, we're going to rehearse this thing. That's the plan. And what you do is you sit in the dark. Maybe you light some candles and you sit in the dark and you open your ears and you just listen to the, the audio play sort of like help form a picture in your mind of what you're seeing. And it's a feature length story. And eventually I plan to shoot that film, that script as my third feature narrative film. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we'll see. So, so make sure you, you tune in for that. That's going to be, that's going to be a great one. As I said, uh, keep your eyes peeled for more shows and stuff. This was so much fun tonight. Thanks again to, for everybody who commented and watched. Thank you dagger for your contribution. Thank you everybody for showing up. Um, I'm going to take you out with the uh, the old Patreon one because that's what we do here. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. And th thank you, Rue. Thank you, guys. Seriously. Seriously. Um, do you have anything you want to say, Skullface? Yeah, you got it all wrong, Jeff. You got it all wrong. 
You have no idea what the hell you're talking about. You're a fucking fool. You don't know any of this shit. You weren't even born when this stuff was happening, okay? So shut up. Shut up. You are a friggin' nerd on the internet, and you never stop talking. We don't want to hear it, man. What are you doing? You're just reading? You're just reading from a website? Anybody can read from a website. We don't need to listen to you doing it. So stop. Stop with the nonsense, okay? We're tired of it. We're really, really tired of it. Yeah, what he said. I'm so sick and tired of your loud voice. All you do is yap, 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 yap. Yeah, we're trying to sleep. We're over there in the corner. We got to listen to you gabbing and goobin' and gobbin' and bibbing and bobbing and shobbing and fobbing and robbing and tobbing and rabbing and babbing and fabbing and shabbing. <laughs> Just be quiet already. Let's end the show. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Is that how the Crimson Ghost would actually sound? If you watch, if you watch the uh, the 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 serial, he kind of talks like this. I'm the Crimson Ghost, and I've got you know like that. But I feel like the Crimson Ghost voice would be more like, "Hey, I don't know." That's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. It's not the only way to skin. The, or maybe, maybe be more like Jerry. There'd be like a Jerry only thing. Argh! For the kids, for the kids. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. All right. All right. All right. I've overstayed my welcome. Let's let's go. Let's go. Goodbye. Peace. Hair grease. Uh Patreon. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know. But I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> so right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee, but it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. <laughs> the YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind the scenes content that is not available 
on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates, that subscribes. That's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.